Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy. Look at the technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boy. Cheers. Cheers. Good afternoon, Radio Well, I guess we'd better get started, really. Then. It's time for me to say, G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hot Lap episode 110, that zany podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, local and international, cool emerging technology, gadgets and barbecues, even though it's winter time. Doesn't matter, you can have barbies in winter, I've got a good one later on. A good barbecue? Well, a good tip for barbecues in winter. <laughs> G'day JP, how are you mate? I'm very well, thank you Johnny. How are you going? Yeah good, I thought we'd do a show early in the week, uh, Monday, uh, after the Winton uh, V8 supercar round, because uh, I've got a lot of stuff on later this week. And, yeah, uh, and I can't make it tomorrow night, because poor little Mitchie has got a uh, soccer game tomorrow. Yeah, you got a PLM got factor. Straight from work to soccer at quarter to seven or something amazingly outrageous. I mean, so, it, it, he's 25 now, does he have to get picked up every day? <laughs> he's not picked up, he's just... They're playing the... Uh, he's actually only uh, 15, Johnny, but... Yeah, but he reminds me of that bloke doing the Big Pond ad, you know, that he's, he's waiting for the bus and he's playing for the games, and he goes, Mum, can you come pick me up? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's the... Rosso, isn't it? From American Rosso. <laughs> Who With knows? all his beard cut off and whatnot. Well, it's... I reckon it is. Yeah, it does look a bit like American Rosso. And it sounds like it. But who would have recognised? Who would have recognised? Mate, uh, before we get into all the, you know, usual rubbish and banter and lies and, and innuendos... Yes? What are you having a drink? I'm on a Cooper's Light. Thank you to uh, Glenn once again. Cooper's Light. Cooper's Light, yep. Got to drive home, so being a good boy. Absolutely. And what are uh, you having? And seeing where I'm having... Uh, You're not having an organic this week? No, I'm not having an organic. I'm having a, a reserve. A reserve. And, uh, a reserve clean Excellent. skin, considering we're at the world headquarters of Radio Hot Lap here in uh, sunny but dark Norwood. <laughs> sunny but dark. <laughs> yeah, it is now. <laughs> right, uh, I've, uh, I've been trying out a few uh, clean skins and notice there's a lot of goodies coming in from Margaret River and this time it's an 06 cab sav. Uh, nothing over $10 on That's a Monday. Excellent. That's good. You've done very well. I actually scored a scoop uh, about three weeks ago from the old Booze Brothers. Um, a dozen Cheers. clean skins. Cheers. From um, Coonawarra, Cab Sav, 2005, eight bucks each. Very good. Fantastic. If you don't like the first one, you won't like any of the rest. That's right. So, but, I, but we did. Bought two dozen and one dozen's gone already. Went up to uh, one of the finer purveyors of, of wines uh, yes. in Norwood to just check out some interesting stuff there, uh, because as you would have known last, year, last week, that Penfolds released their 2004 Grange, which apparently is rated as almost the, the best perfect ever. Well, there were three. There were 14 bottles at this place yesterday morning yeah. at 5.70 a piece. 5.70. Yes, that's right. just 30 bucks under the recommended of 600. Well, apparently, cellar door at Penfolds. If you got in the queue early on the morning of release, 5.49. What's 21 dollars between people who don't drink wine? True. So I didn't buy one. You didn't? Okay. No. Fair and I didn't get a taste either. No, well, as you wouldn't. But, I mean, what do you do with it? Well, you, you lay it down, and then hopefully one day you do something outrageous and go, let's celebrate, and you drink it. On your own? Well, maybe with one good friend. 
<laughs> for one half a glass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get on with it. It was a great weekend. What a great weekend. Well, it's not often that we start off the show to talk about V8 supercars, but um, it's not. we should say that it was a great weekend at Winton. And it really was fantastic. You know, the best, well, not the best thing, but one of the things I really noticed was it's a real racetrack. It's not a street circuit. And isn't it funny that we had Clipsaw and then we had Hamilton and all the concrete walls and all the rest of it, and suddenly you've got all this open space and runoff areas and different camera angles because they're not trying to get the cameras, you know, down these concrete canyons. It was just refreshing. A nice change. It was a very nice change. Well, is is Adelaide Clipsaw 500 strictly 100% street circuit when you have the parklands? But I yeah. suppose it has the concrete barriers. It does. Uh, yeah, so, right, you know, right. yeah. Look, I, I think that the supercars have done a, a sensational job, and they wouldn't have known, mm. you know, prior to with the introduction of this sprint tyre. Um, it is the it, soft option. It would just, it would make your life difficult as a lap scorer. Oh, <laughs> and it did apparently because <laughs> they had a timing breakdown on Sunday, and uh, nobody knew what the bloody hell was going on. But, but uh, the uh, the team Vodafone and Triple Eight they came up on top again, you know. They just keep doing it. Wincup didn't have a good weekend, but Lounsey yeah. certainly did. No doubt about it at all. No, it's uh, it's quite amazing, and uh, there was you know a little bit of a biff and barge there by mm. a few people that wouldn't necessarily be up the front. But I thought JP that was a good thing because look, you know, from a commercial point of view, yeah, okay, so like you know. Um, Jack Perkins isn't going to be up the front hustling all the time, but True. he was on the sprint tyre. Suddenly, he's like in front of the, exactly. the Vodafone guys, but he's getting TV coverage, and he needs that to justify the commercial reality of it. So, he I does. think that uh, I think that's probably a really good thing. I think uh, it was a great thing. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, the other the other good thing too was I noticed there was a comment from uh, Thomas Mazira at some stage, the driving um, standards advisor. Yes, uh, late on Saturday night, uh, because apparently Tanda had a bit of a whinge about the Biff and Barge, and um, Mazera just basically said, well, isn't it funny whenever he does it and nobody sees it, it's all right, but when they're doing it to him, it's not all right. And um, well, that was sort of an interesting point. And he said, drivers were warned that it was going to be a bit of a debacle because some were going to be on soft option and some weren't, and yep. therefore there was going to be a big improvement in people that you maybe wouldn't expect to be that going that well. And so, you know... It was close racing, and there was lots of overtaking, which was fantastic. And uh, Holden had a fair bit of panel, uh, uh, sorry, uh, HRT, is it? Yes. I can't have worked out what team it is anymore, you know, who's <laughs> HRT, running HSV. Those orange cars. That's right, yeah. It starts with an H. <laughs> the ones that have the, the badly shutting doors. <laughs> yeah, the tandem one. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like it had a bit of a <laughs> ding in the side there, but it was all gone the next morning or bogged up. <laughs> it looked like a Lamborghini with the door half open. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Lamborghinis later on. It just got ruined on the weekend. But as I'll well. tell you what else was good too on the weekend was the coverage. Now, Scafie's taken, I reckon, about two or three races to settle in, but this weekend I thought Crompy, Scafie, the whole the whole coverage was just fantastic. Scafie's obviously now sussed out how it all works yeah. and he was more relaxed and he was a lot more jovial he made some very very amusing but also some very incisive comments and I, th- I thought it worked really well yeah he was trying to wind up Larko and oh, Larko was. wasn't biting and <laughs> what did he say don't you worry there's 45 minutes left in this telecast I'm exactly. going to get you I'm gonna get you know, I, I but... thought that was highly entertaining and I spent two afternoons uh, couch vooing watching that which I would mm. just not do um, and I wonder what the Fujitsu race was, was like uh, with uh, yeah 
Um, Asselet winning the first race, and bugger if I know who won the second one. No, I didn't. But uh, Bryce Washington fourth. Yes. So these sort of yeah, he's getting come, up there. Yeah, got to come back around, and uh, and James Moffat didn't have the, the greatest run. But um, anyway, and Leanne Tander, she made a return. Uh, with she did the, in Fujitsu. That's right. And apparently they're only going to do three rounds, depending on sponsorship. Oh, isn't always the way, mate. Yeah, it is indeed. But now, yeah. what about the splitter mount controversy? What? Did you, did you hear about that? No, I'm, I'm hearing. Right, okay. Well, apparently, Team Vodafone um, have, for quite a long while, been running this special um, mount for the front splitter. Mm. So, And the idea of it is, it's very, very clever. Instead of just using the standard bolts to bolt the thing on, yeah. it's got this sort of moving part there that if they bump the curb with the front splitter, it doesn't actually shatter it. It just moves it a little bit, and then it drops back into place. That's the way I have interpreted what I've understood about it anyway. But apparently, three other teams have complained, um, and there is now going to be an examination. Um, Three teams in the end. Campbell Little, who's the uh, V8 Series Technical Director, um, said that a number of teams had asked V8 Supercars to investigate. Um, and in the end, he said there were three teams, and they asked us to look at it and make a determination. But there's a lot of ongoing love so, there between Triple Eight and Campbell Little, so they'll be going, oh, don't you worry, mate, yeah, just come around for a few drinks and we'll the, be sorted out. The thing is that apparently all of the Triple uh, Eight cars, regardless of whether they were Vodafone or not, um, were running that, uh, that same uh, device, and some Fujitsu supercars have been running and it And I can as tell well. you, Frosty so, was running it in the FPR car yeah, right. because you see how we just knocked that tyre out of the way and it didn't damage the front end. <laughs> so there you go. It's just, all right, you know. It was queuing up for so, the fitment. Oh, that was interesting. That was amazing, that track. Why did Bloody Wing Cup go in there? Oh, I think they, all, just, got, they all got confused. I think right. there was too much data going on between all I the geniuses. you right, too. And they just went, oh, I don't know. But, you exactly. know. And, oh, it was nasty. Yes. But it was entertaining, and that's really what it's all about. So, you know, no, they, the, on the, there was a restart on the Saturday afternoon race when Caruso made a bit of a jump, and then Roland Dane's on the on the hammer, you know, like you know, he's quick to quick to whinge, but you know, mm. do a lot of winning anyway. You know, the other thing that interests me about Winton is you know how every every year you go there and it's always bloody wet, yes, and everyone's in the middle and the cars are covered it's in miserable. mud. Well, at least Bargwana showed that you can get stuck in the dry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you go to Winton, you can get stuck. <laughs> and do you see it when they got it back to the pits and they're pulling all the mud out of the front? Go oh, and get stuck. Terrible. Yes, it was good. I think that's it was uh, absolutely interesting. Great. And all those cool words with drop off and tire degradation and that interesting graphs and stuff like that. Oh, I love <laughs> no, it. they got the coverage. Uh, it was good now. They but, definitely have. I hope they don't make any changes because it just really is just great for the fans and uh, and even Rust the sausage dog, yeah. which is um, notice has taken over couch C yes, uh, over I've there after that, yeah. um, after uh, soup for dinner. She's definitely couched right out now. She has. <laughs> She's uh, was was here hanging out with me watching it as well. So very good. Right. I'll tell you what else was good on the weekend and uh, probably went a little bit unnoticed by a lot of people. Yes. Stephen Johnson had a great run and he's third in the championship. He's just been Mr. Consistent. Okay, he's still a long way off a win cup, but he's well in front of Lounsey and co. And uh, he had 573 points. So I thought, uh, considering when um, the, the, the year started, everyone was going, oh, you know, ooh, they've got. Um, Who's on board there now? Um, who am I thinking of, Johnny? Michael Blank and Courtney. Considering they got Courtney there, you know, 
bloody um, junior's going to have to watch out. Well, sorry, Mr. Courtney, but uh, you're nowhere near in sight. Nowhere in sight in the top ten. As the Fogue says, if he was to just slow down a little and uh, use his undoubted talent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was listening last week. Yeah, yeah, very good. (laughs) Uh, What else went on there? Eight, uh, well, Utes. V8 Utes. Utes. And, and our old mate, Keefy George. Keefy George, Jack He Elsgood. nailed it. He did nail it with a win in the first, a seventh That's in right. the second from uh, the middle of the grid, 15th, started, and then on to yeah. for a win for the last race. But obviously started off pole uh, for the final. And yeah. uh, good on him. And, it's, you know, and he, he set a new lap record. He did. In fact, he set a new lap record in practice. Yes. In the... If you can do that. Well, I think he did. Obviously you can. But it's we'll have to ask him about it. I think we'll get him on the phone and have a bit of a chat. But he had the he had the big Ellsgood sticker across the front of the windscreen now, like the Ford thing's gone. They've freed that up now because no one's getting any money from Ford to hold anymore. So So now you've got that bit there, and the V8 fraternity, like the management, haven't tightened up the loopholes to say, look, we own that bit for now. So (laughs) it's got to be Ellsgood. Ellsgood. Yeah. So he must Ellsgood. Just Ellsgood. So there you go. So will you get him on the phone? Because interestingly, I thought. I put it on hold, but you know we don't edit. We, uh, so. oh, you haven't, have you? No, I'm not put it on hold. Oh, don't put it on hold. Thank no, you. no, you you ring Jackie. Oh, what I was going to say was, viewers, you didn't realise this, but after we did last week's show, Jack rang in just out of the blue, unexpectedly, and we had a great I'm laugh. For love. Uh, yeah, he was looking for love, and we had a great laugh with him and a big chat and rah 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 rah, and said, "Oh, isn't this a shame? We should have got him earlier. He could have been on the show because we had such a laugh." And blow me down, before we actually hung up and finished talking to him and that, Johnny and I didn't once wish him good luck for the weekend. And look what's happened. He's come out on top. So, obviously, that tells you that if you haven't been wished good luck by Radio Hot Lap, you're in for a good weekend. Um, while, we're on the, uh, while we're on the Utes, while Johnny's getting hold of uh, Jack, um, give you the, uh, the rundown from the top ten... Glenn McNally was uh, the top runner in race two, which was the reverse grid. Is he not there? No, he's, you know, he's oh, having... not off getting another salad sandwich. <laughs> he is. <laughs> we'll have to get him tonight. Do we have to hold the carrot? No, we don't have to hold no, the carrot. No, he likes no, 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 could I just have the white of the egg? Right, oh, that's right. Yeah, the white of the egg. He could be polishing that windscreen banner. He could. He probably is, actually. <laughs> I don't know where he's got it now, but he could be polishing <laughs> He's a good bloke, isn't he? And what were, you, what were you raving on about? I was just raving on about the Utes and, uh, you know, a couple other bits and pieces while, while I was waiting for you to get hold Well, of I'm looking forward to seeing the, the TV. Uh, Dirk Kleinsmith sent me down the shots today, so they yep. looked uh, look quite good. And uh, Now, I think the TV's not on next weekend. It's the 16th, uh, which is Saturday week. So does that mean Fujitsu will be on next weekend and the Utes the weekend after? It would appear. Last week, I uh, we mentioned uh, Marcus Ambrose uh, had uh, come fourth at the uh, at the Talladega yes. race, which is four nine nine and four hundred nine nine kilometres. Actually, called Aaron's four nine nine. And but we what we were remiss of was to actually um, say there'd been a, a huge couple of shunts there. And oh, and, were, and, yeah. and in fact, if you, if you haven't seen them on on the telly, well, that was on one HD as well on the weekend. Well, just go to YouTube and type in Carl Edwards Talladega crash, and. Uh, Mate, that was an absolute cracker. But what what I was so interested to, to watch is just these restrictor plate races. It was how how much advantage these guys can have when they start bump drafting. Yep. And then you've got two cars, one high, two high, two low. And like Brad Kozlowski is pushing Carl Edwards from third, them in third and fourth through, yep. 
to first and second on the very last corner, and he's just sort of not. He hasn't. He hasn't made a mistake. It's just something's just gone wrong. Yeah. And the thing's sort of turned around, and it's it's come up, gone backwards, and it's got air underneath it, and then the car, the third car come through has gone and shunted it. It's gone massively into the into the catch fence, sending seven people uh, to yeah, hospital with with some little injuries. Yep. And then the car is completely wrecked. But in true form of uh, the, uh, the 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 ballad of Ricky Bobby, he actually <laughs> Carlo was jumped Bobby. out of the car and he actually ran down <laughs> about twenty or thirty meters over the finish line and went. Ka-ching, just like <laughs> like the movie with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Well, he, didn't he play that? Oh, no, he didn't play that. Who played that? Not Sasha Baron Cohen. That's because I'm thinking of someone else. Who played that? Uh, who played that? Cole Trickle? No. <laughs> Tom Cruise? No, no. No, I know the one. Who is it? And he played... Oh, I can't think of his name. I know the guy you mean, though. Oh. He's a good old boy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Will Ferrell. That's it, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> Ferrell. Ferrell, Ferrell. Anyway, viewers, go and have a look at that. I mean, but if they do, there'll be listeners, because it's Both a video. Will. Yeah, it is. That's right. Okay. Tazweja. Tazweja. Oh, the target. Well, uh, you want to you you do the report? No, you can do the report. That's fine. So uh, after eleven after eleven attempts, Tony Quinn has He's uh, finally done it. Has uh, now what's that? Oh, that's Jack saying uh, he'll be back here in ten minutes. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> it's in a meeting. The salad sandwich meeting. <laughs> but it took him the new uh, Nissan GTR, the R35. Well, he actually did win Rally. Tasmania in it earlier yes. uh, earlier this year and uh, and has done he's got another car over New Zealand for the New Zealand target but good on him after all these uh, all these years John and Jason White uh, second in the uh, Lamborghini Gallardo Super yes. Allegra which apparently in the last couple of stages they were absolutely sh- uh, shitting the proverbial bricks because the brakes weren't up to it by all accounts um, so they lost a bit of time there and um and poor third was old... uh, was the Vandenberg brothers in, the, in, a, in an Evo uh, Evo nine. But what about poor old Wixie? Poor he was old chasing second. Chasing yep. second. Yep. Chasing yep. second. And, and uh, then a big shot. Gone off on the virtually the last stage, I think it was. Yep. And got airlifted to hospital and uh, um, and uh, Beck Crunkhorn thought she's all right. Yes. But uh, I think they're they're all good. He's complaining of some chest pains or something, as from what I'd heard. But anyway, right. I hope he's going to be all right because he's a good Adelaide bloke and definitely supports the. Um, Supports oh, the does. motor racing industry very, very well. And, uh, yeah, uh, other notables, uh, good old uh, George Medici's dad, Andrew. Yes. Seventh in the Daytona. Yep, yep. Uh, last year's winner, Steve Glennie and Barry Webb, who you remember yeah. Barry stayed with us yes, at Mount Beulah. Mount Beulah. Uh, and an RX-8 SP. And I didn't know they made an SP, but that's, you know, like uh, the, the old RX-7s that Alan Horsley used to put together. Yeah, well, the SP apparently is a special one-off, uh, or it was a special one-off, as in Motor Magazine, not this current month, the month before. There's a bit of an article about it, if you yeah, uh, care yeah, to yeah, go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and right behind them. Linda Long and uh, Tony, Tony Longhurst. Longhurst. The long and the short of it, even though they're both long. Long and Longhurst. Or Longhurst <laughs> and Long. Long, Longhurst. <laughs> and I'll have to get it right. I have to get it out of this side of my <laughs> <Yeah>. mouth. <laughs> oh, are we talking about the, the uh, early modern now? The early modern was won by a good old Parramatta Road... Mate, Mate uh, Rick Shaw, the old side talker. The old Rickle. Um, cl- early classic was uh, was uh, won by uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> but I tell you, he came 17th. What about Rex Broadbent? Where did he come? Wasn't he early classic? I don't know. The Seagull. And I don't mean the Forex head. <laughs> Livingston and Livingston. Whoever they are. Yeah. Anyway. No, Rex, was, Rex won the, the, the classic, that's right. Classic category. But uh, no, it was good. And um, Rick. Rick, Rick, Rick. I tell you. What, what's the story with He's Rick a good Shaw, steer, isn't he? He's a good steer and he does a lot of stuff. Nürburgring, 24 hour, very successful over and there. But this is a really good. I rang him last night, but he's, you know, obviously off party. He must still be celebrating. Um, but if you sort of remember back, what would it have been about five years ago when we were talking and he was just about to go to Targa or he was getting organised to go to Targa for the first time. I think he went probably his first round in Targa would have been 2004. Yep. Or maybe 2005. What no, it was earlier than that. Was oh, I reckon it was 04 then. Yeah, 03, yeah. yeah, whatever. But still in the good old RX-7. He's the, the thing that he knows best how to oh, uh, there, it, it, there have been a few of them. It's not the same Yeah, I know. It's not the same one, but nevertheless. You know, he's smashed them a few times. So, uh, there you go. That was good. Uh, do you know whether they're going to do the uh, obligatory hour-long TV special? I presume that will come oh, later. I'd, I'd imagine. I'd imagine once it's be, all been edited together. Yeah. There was a there was a, a huge field, and uh, they say it, it was, was. A, a very very competitive. Well, when I went to uh, check the results out, the um, the modern um, went for two pages for God's sake. Jimmy Richards and Barry Oliver DNF. Now that's yes. a bit, that's a bit rare. They must be losing their touch. Very very um, rare. He might have gone home early too, because you know he, <laughs> he hates staying around. If he's, he does. He He's not it. racing. He doesn't want to be there. No, no, no change the rules. A right. uh, bit of uh, news from the Long Beach uh, American Le Mans series race with uh, the International Paulie, Dave Brabham and Scott, Scott Sharp in the uh, Patron Acura yes. O2B prototype one Is car Acura or Acura Ac- oh god folks go again folks 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 is going to be on the case I know you will you'll be in trouble and thanks to uh, AA for sending all the, the stuff <laughs> so so promptly um, and the checks uh, <laughs> if only that uh, they received a 20 second penalty from yeah. uh, the one of the one of the crew students. members being yeah well yeah. that's right it wasn't, oh, it wasn't the crew well, member got, that gave, like the, gave them the penalty, that's right. Four. Four, uh, wearing incorrect safety gear at the refuelling stop, which resulted in a 20-second penalty. Well, it was a stop-go, and they reckoned that it was actually even over time. 24 seconds, according yeah. to the telemetry, which they downloaded, because once the car comes off the jack, it's got an automatic start system. Right. And so their telemetry could tell them accurately that... Uh, accurately? <laughs> that it was... <laughs> A little longer than required, but the thing was that they they, they had their equipment tested at the be- and checked at the beginning, at the beginning of the season. Of the season. Yep. And um, they hadn't done anything wrong. They just simply were not informed of the rule change. No. And uh, and IMSA said, IMSA well, hadn't IMSA, IMSA really. They actually, IMSA, IMSA did stuff up. And they've acknowledged the fact that they stuffed. But up bad too. luck. But that's right. But we're not changing anything. I mean, in any case. The, uh, the win went to um, Gilda Ferrin and in another uh, Akira. And uh, who was it? Simon Pagnu, who used <laughs> to drive for the Team Australia um, operation for a while there uh, in, uh, in cart oh, with, right. uh, with WP, Will Power, who's not driving. No. All because of the jail blokes back. <laughs> jail bloke who didn't go to jail no he's a lot. we talked off. about him last he did. week that's right we said but uh, it was a bit iffy there free. and uh, so that's a bit disappointing so IMSA which uh, incidentally is uh, owned uh, by Mr Panos yes 
himself, as long with the series, yes. American Le Mans That's series right. owned by I Don and Pam as well. I'm not saying that you know Don's having a fiddle. As <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Be, and not at his age. He'd be too old to have a fiddle now, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know about that, you know, with all that cash. But, I mean, International's probably in even more trouble because isn't Patron tequila? Yeah. Well, it'd all be in quarantine, wouldn't it? It's Mexican. Patron. <laughs> <laughs> well, does that mean we can't go up and have Mexican tonight? Oh, probably not. We'd have to wear masks. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who is that masked man? We might pick up. <laughs> <laughs> the opening round of FIA GT was held at uh, Silverstone, um, and it was won by Carl uh, uh, Wendlinger, the old Formula yeah. One driver, and uh, another sharp, but not Scott Sharp. But oh. I can't remember who the other sharp is. There's lots of sharps, aren't there? There are. There's sharps, sharps, and speeds. Sharp speeds. In the K plus K, Celine SR7, which the pairing previously, last year, in 2008, the season we've just had, drove the Jet Alliance uh, Aston Martin DBR9 GD1 car. But now they've moved to the Celine SR7. There is no Aston Martin GD1 cars running anywhere in uh, FIA GT this, uh, this year. And they, uh, they stole victory. You stole. Know, and... By working hard at it, jaws from of, uh, from jaws. Yeah, they stole uh, stole defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. <they didn't. laughs> from uh, Andrea Bertolini and Michael Bartels in the uh, Vodafone MC12 Maserati, which uh, won the Spa 24 Hour last year. Which, incidentally, and I keep saying this, I don't know why. If it's a GD1 car, it's not eligible to run in Le Mans because it's an illegal car. It's too wide, so as we have seen on the Multimatic well, uh, four-poster in Thetford, England, before, where um, sometimes V8 supercars get sent yes. for four-poster rig testing ever so quietly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but that's another story. Indeed it is. That we indeed can't talk is. about. So, um, so what else is happening over in Europe, Johnny? Uh, Rossi won. He did. Yeah. And um, Rossi won in Jerez. Stony, Stoner, Stony, Stoner got third. That's uh, that's correct. Starting from fourth though, so yeah, he at least he got up one spot. But it's apparently uh, tough work. I should have just mentioned the GD two in FIA GT. Ah, that's right. uh, was uh, was won by Richard Westbrook, who was uh, ah, driving with Alan Simonson. That's right. Uh, a bit last year in uh, the uh, Farbacher Run. GD2 997 RSR in Le Mans series with Emmanuel Collard, who's uh, an absolute great, a lovely bloke and a good steer. Well, not lovely, but he's a good guy. Right. In a, another similar 997 RSR. Um, New Zealander, Brendan Hartley, who was driving Formula 3 last year, has been granted his super licence and he's going to be replacing uh, DC, uh, that uh, dopey Scotsman, <laughs> that, uh, as the reserve Red Bull driver. But he's, got, right? and he, but he's got long hair. Oh. He's got long hair. He's got long hair. Right. How long? Well, 15 kilos too long. 15 kilos? Yes, 15 kilos too long. And in fact, that's uh, that's uh, exactly why that for next year, um, in 2010, uh, that's the season coming, not the right. season so being just this gone, season. Yeah, that uh, Formula One weight, the minimum weight's moving from 605 up to 620 kilo. Uh, you know, designed not to disadvantage people with long hair. And those who are a little bit overweight... Yes. Well, <laughs> who enjoy their food a little, like for drivers who enjoy yeah. their food yes. a little more or than perhaps they should, um, to offset the, uh, 
you know, the Curse. weight of Kurs. And as, as it turns out that uh, Kubica uh, had only used it once because he felt that the performance advantage was negated by the, the extra weight of the Kurs because he, right. couldn't, he couldn't fit it as ballast where he wanted it to set the car up. Yep. So okay. um, well, that's an interesting uh, bit of news. What about you? What about you? Did you do any? Did you do any research? Look, I've already been talking. I haven't stopped yet, have I? Have I got stuff here? Sounds Does it like look like it? Pregnant pause. Oh, it doesn't. Well, it didn't sound like we'll a pregnant pause. We'll just get on. We'll we'll just talking at nine hundred miles an hour. Western Australia, Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. Is that how you say his name? Ricciardo. Is it Ricciardo or is it Ricciardo? Ricciardo. The Western Australian bloke. Yep. He's racing Formula 3, British Formula 3, for Carlin. Uh, yes. With Max Chilton. He's, uh, he's, he's been getting a lot of good publicity. And he's won a second, a third race out of four races at uh, at Silverstone yesterday, which was obviously supporting the FIA GT round. So uh, I think um, he's spending the, the mining money before it runs out. <laughs> and perhaps uh, P- Patrizzi, Michael Patrizzi, could have sort of... Spent a bit himself. Well, he is spending a bit repairing everything, but not as much as uh, as uh, as will be the follow in next year. Because in two thousand and ten, it looks like the uh, the FIA has put a budget cap of forty, million, 40 million pounds up ten. Yes. From what they were originally, originally touting. Proposing. Yes. Um, but mind you, that excludes engines, you know, hospitality, drivers' pay, uh, marketing, mm-hmm. and and you know, anything that, that that doesn't really have a direct effect on performance of the car. But also opening the grid up to a possibility of 26. 26 cars. And that is very interesting. For the first time in 15 years, we could potentially have 26 cars on the grid. Um, and so far, they reckon that the FIA has received eight inquiries from prospective new teams on that basis. Yep. Um, of course, we all know about Aston Martin Pro Drive, Lola and Iceport, um, and the USF one. Yes. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see how that all goes. And the budget cap is going to be at the top of the agenda um, when the Formula One Teams Association meets in London on Wednesday this week. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what photo uh, come up with and whether they ratify all of that. And uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, new, new teams in Formula One next year. So I thought there was an interesting quote somewhere about from Frank Williams. Uh, apparently he's one of those in favour of this uh, cap. Um, but he reckons that Formula One needs a single set of rules and not this two-tier system. So uh, be very, very interesting to see how they all, you know, work their way through all of that. So there you go. Winter's here, almost. Yep. In fact, it is. Well, it is now. Yeah, we're in May. We are? No, we're not. Uh, April, no, 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 was another month to go. Yeah, another month. Dogs is yeah. up. Just feels like winter because we had such a warm summer. She's got up because she knows I'm about to talk about... Dogs. Winter warmings. Winter warmings. Winter warmings. Yes. Are we on food now? Well, I don't know about food as such, but something that warms the cockles of your heart, JP. And I've... Uh, dogs... Why do dogs always sit on papers? You know, you get a newspaper... Like look, look. Because they make rustly noises. <sighs> What's the matter with you over there? It's rustler rust. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I uh, always like to cook a bit of soup. Soup? Soup in... Uh, this time of the year. In inclement weather. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice. Soup's always. So, viewers, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a very simple soup recipe, and you just don't have to do much at all. Just now's the time to go to your supermarket, and you'll find, as a winter product, they'll have bacon bones. Or they you will. can use ham bones. A, a nice little tray, maybe about 800 kilos, 800 grams. 
you know, you should find that for about four dollars or something like that. Bring them home, they don't look like much, but put them in a big pot, put two or three litres of water in there, half a dozen peppercorns, a bay leaf, if you have one, if you don't, don't worry about it. Or a bouquet garni, very good JP, you'll find yeah. that in the uh, herbs and spices section. It looks like a tea bag. It does, but it doesn't smell like a tea bag. <laughs> but don't have it as tea. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and uh, and then I, I suggest a half a, half a st- um, blah, 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 bunch of celery. But try, go for the bushy-headed celery. And dice really? that up, I like to get a lot of bush in my soup. Do you? Yep, and, uh, yeah. and just boil that up for two and a half hours and... Uncle Bob. You don't boil it up, though, do you? Boil no, it up, you, you boil, bring it up to the broil and then simmer it. Yeah, then you'll very, find the bones hard. will fall apart yep. and you can scrape the meat off them and it is a very nice soup. And, in fact, you've just had one. I have. Uh, and? And it was very deluxe. Overly salty, though. The, the, the bacon bones are a tad salty, but, you know, if you like salty things, well, there you go. If but you like a salty bush... With your celery, you're away. <laughs> stick, that in your, <laughs> stick that in your mouth. In your target, Tasmania. Right. Do you think it's a tecton? Tecton. What have you got for tecton? I've got a bit of interesting stuff. Have you? Have you? Well, I've got some stuff here. Well, I think maybe just apple, just for a change. Come on. Well, well, apparently they reckon that Apple's going to reap the reward of stronger consumer confidence. Um some uh, market research firm has done this uh, uh, research over in the US and they reckon laptop sales have been down, but uh, they're going to be coming back up again. And um, there's apparently been a rise uh, from 6% to 8% in the number of people who said they plan to buy a laptop in the next 90 days, which is the first gain since November 2007. Because they reckon that 29% want to buy an Apple laptop. So while that number's down a point from February, it's up two points from January, which is excellent news. So netbooks are the only thorn in their side, of course, because Apple have already said we're not going to do anything cheap, cheerful, netbookish. But that's not necessarily a guarantee that there won't be. There won't. Well, exactly. There's not a guarantee at all. And meanwhile, they've actually had some great last week um, customer ratings in terms of uh, iPhone was the top... um, top-rated product by users of uh, mobile phones, by cell phones, um, and they reckon that there will not be a smaller, cheaper version of the iPhone yet, but they reckon that, that it could be next year. There could well be one. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that all as well, I think. The motorsport industry is colliding with the technology industry once again in several areas, JP, with uh, Apple suggesting that they will be using carbon fibre now in their products from here on in. And are uh, certainly look at, uh, looking at the cost of that because once an exotic, now almost yes. a, a, regular, a regular commodity. Um, the other little bit of interest is the, uh, the Norton 360 sponsorship arrangement with, with, uh, with, with Team Vodafone. Now, that obviously implies that there's a lot of PCs running around down pit lane there with all sorts of problems. Because well, yeah, that's all, all, of the, uh, all of the teams use PCs, I think. That's I'm, right. I'm so there, there'd be, there, there'd going to be a special deal going on there, you know, like I they'd be going... Would be. That Roland wouldn't let them have the full version, would they? <laughs> No, it'd have to be bungled at time of purchase. <laughs> well, I need well, a free copy of Norton with that. So the only people getting a deal out of it will be DJR, which <laughs> bought the... And, and Bryce Washington got the hand-me-down, but he got you know, last year's OEM version. 
That's right. And, and he keeps getting this message every time he boots it up that says, your virus definitions are out of date. Please log on. And Michael Patrice, he's getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is getting nothing? <laughs> Plenty of people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cast your mind back, JP. Yeah, when we were small children, yeah. 1993, <laughs> <laughs> there was a program around called Hypercard. There was indeed. A Hypercard, a- another Apple, 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 Apple product for multimedia, a yes. stack-based uh, system. And it was very popular at the time, with a, particularly with a lot of university people and professors and guys. Little did you know, it was the basis of a very, very good game made by a company called Cyan that ended up going on to becoming, redefining what was in a uh, game. It wasn't an online game, it was CD-ROM based and it was called Myst. Ah, Mist. Well, with Mist, a Y. That's right. Mist, yep. M-Y-S-T. Well, Mist has been released for the iPhone. Really? The old version. The old version? And whilst it's only a click game, it, right. it really, it it was brilliant. We used to have big projectors there and <laughs> play the game. I, I cheated all the time. It was just too hard. But but it just, and now, look look where it's gone now. It really was the, the, it was the... Everything old is new again. Here we go. Same that's old, exactly, that's exactly right. Uh uh, yes, further further indications that uh, video sharing will be available in the new 3.0 version of the iPhone software, which no doubt will be released at the uh, Worldwide Developers Conference. Correct in Moscone next uh, in June. Um, whereas I think this week, <laughs> Windows 7's coming out. <laughs> well, yeah. So we'll be talking to beta? you about. No, we've uh, we've had Windows Seven Beta because we had Ashley Dean Draper. Well, we talked a little about bit about it. last week. We'll be getting Ashley yeah. Dean Draper on to yeah. talk about that in a few weeks' time when it sort of uh, sort of gets. So uh, is this, has it gone golden? When it settles already, down, it, no, it's just rumoured to be out this week, causing mm, more trouble. But uh, not for the U.S. government. The military insisting on staying with XP. In fact, so much so that uh, Microsoft built them an ultra secure version that uh, no one in the public will be allowed to get, no doubt, because oh, we, well, we don't want no bloody Vista around here. We've already got enough trouble. <laughs> That's right. We don't need any more. <laughs> We've got wars everywhere. We don't need a war with Microsoft as well. And did you see that see that <laughs> screw-up last week when they had the, uh, the one of the presidential 747s with yeah, the company by... And that was supposed to be for a PR stunt. They, wanted, they well, were filming it, apparently. With, with, with two chase planes, F-16s. Mm. Going over the the CBD of mm. uh, well, metropolis New of yeah. New York, and everybody thought it was another nine eleven. Yeah. And the mayor, the mayor wasn't told, <laughs> nor was the stallion. Ah, uh, but Obama did apologise. Well, we're well, sorry. Yeah, you know, it wasn't my fault. That's right. It was, it was only my plane. What was he off to? Mark two. Well, he might have had a spare. Yeah, it was his spare, apparently. Well, apparently, it was Air Force Two. Just we're, we're using up a bit of fuel. AF two. And all else I've got to say. Oh no, I've got one more, one more interesting thing to say that uh, OS uh, OS 10.5.7 uh, yes. has been ceded to the developers again, and that's uh, obviously very, very close to coming out because at the same time, Nvidia have said they're bringing out these two deluxe video cards, one with a gig of RAM and one with a one and a half gig of RAM, to run only in the Mac Pro one range. Half gig of yep, RAM. the GDX 285 will be for all those bloody video renderers. Well, and that's right because products like Apple Motion require. Yep. The, the, the engine of the video card to do the mm. rendering. Um, 
uh, $400 US for the GTX 285, the one gig version, but a whopping $1,799 US for the Quadro FX4800. So that'd be three um, and a half grand here then. And that, and that, just for the video card, and that requires 10.5.7. A little bit more tech later, but for now... What have you got there? I've got... I can in. see what looks like it could be, viewers, an old murker. Is it an old murker? It is, viewers, a lurker, murker. I think I'm just going to have to read this to you because it's a bit of an interesting story and then you can, you can make your own... And then I can say, you read that well, like you always say to me. I can. Well, this is called The Story Behind 004318. Now... This is a Mercedes-Benz 300SEL 6.3. It rolled off the assembly line in Stuttgart in, on April 14, 1970. Silver with a burgundy interior and was an American specification machine prepped for European delivery. Its original owner, infamous film director Roman Polanski, uh-huh. was... Oh, it's Casey. It's Jack. <laughs> it's the... <laughs> it's the Keister. It's Keithy. Uh, hello, Keithy. How are you, mate? <laughs> How are you, Jack? What were you doing? Having a... I'm good. What am I doing? Were you having a meeting at the sandwich shop? No, 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 no. I was at um, uh, Lindsay Dyer's. Ah. And, uh, we had a, uh, an important uh, meeting. We had to discuss a few things over uh, one of his uh, home brews. <laughs> oh, very good, mate. Uh, was it anything to do with the, uh, the the sneaky piranha tarmac rally car? Oh, look, we touched on that, but um, yeah, that was a small percentage of the conversation. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Keith uh, um, wanted to say well done at, yeah, uh, at Whitman yesterday, and uh, obviously putting that big band on the windscreen uh, really helped. The which? Your name. The big L's good on the windscreen. Yeah, it does, it does, you know, like... They see you coming, and they, they couldn't put together a uh, a uh, a visor sponsor for the round. And um, I thought I'd go back to like the old school days where they used to, you know, have the name of the driver on the windscreen. And you know, because I liked the, you know, back in the, you know, I suppose the seventies and eighties where they had their on it, and it was a good omen. Mate, I it thought was. exactly that was the reason you did it. But just tell the viewers how the weekend uh, sort of uh, came up, came together. Well, the weekend really came together, but it came together from probably a test that I did about three or four weeks ago down at Wakefield. I've, um, last, well, a few years, I've always seemed to race well and I've always had good pace during the race, but my qualifying has always let me down. Mm-hmm. And I probably had, like, over the last six years, I might, may have had four or five pole, poles and that's about it. And, um, so I went down there specifically just to practice qualifying, we mucked around with tyre pressures, different variations, different setups to try and maximise the green tyre, and um, yeah, went down and found a bit of um, a bit of time down at Wakefield Park, and then uh, put that uh, set up into the qualifying at Winton, and um, yeah, well, I put out a really good time, and I, you know, kind of Term one on my uh, my qualifying time, I didn't quite get right, but it was still good enough for pole by about nearly nearly half a second. So and you broke the lap record, Jackie. And then, um, mate, starting on the front row, I mean, it's not too often that that happens, and I've normally got to fight for my position. But how much easier is it when you start first? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So race one, I. Um, 
yeah, just got a good clean start, and uh, and that was it. That was the end of the race, really. Statistic, statistically speaking. Sorry? Sorry, statistically speaking, your first V8 Ute pile was at, uh, at Indy, Surface Paradise 2000, 2007, which you backed up the following round at Phillip Island for the final. Right. Yes, but you have had many many a pile in other categories, uh, such as uh, you know the historic tours and things like that. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, but just in the use. Yep. Never, ne- the, the new pile never really agreed with me, but um, anyway, we've, we've found a... Uh, we found something there which I'm going to use for the rest of the year, so hopefully by qualifying times for the rest of the year are going to be uh, better in years gone by. You've changed your um, your sort of engineering uh, arrangement this year uh, to work with uh, with Barrel at High Tech Motorsport, um, still keeping um, your, your regular uh, support people along. How have you found that change? Has it put less pressure? It's very, very high tech having an uh, engineer called Barrel, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> I thought he just takes your check. <laughs> and, uh, no, they did a really good job. They do things that are slightly different from uh, from Eric Stanford. Eric, Eric, I believe, um, actually, he, he's just probably more pedantic, and he goes over the car much, much more than what um, than what they do at high tech. However, the key to I think the success of high tech is the preparation they do before you get to the track, and uh, that's that's unquestionable and um, certainly what we found in the test day really made a difference in um, you know the weekend's results so for that you know they did a great job but uh, that would work uh, pretty much in line with your your sort of thinking you know you you a bloke that has a very very neat car and inside and you know your bedroom's always perfect and you know the the fridge is always neat and tidy nothing out of date well nothing's out of really when was the last time you looked in my fridge well the ice wasn't <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jack, you started 16th in the reverse grid, mate, and got yourself all the way up to 7th. Needed someone sensible there to get the conversation back in line. I mean, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <laughs> he just runs off in tangents, doesn't he? But he does. Anyway, yeah, so race two started 16th, and um, yeah, had a really, thought I drove pretty well, kept my nose out of trouble, and really good positions no one uh, no one passed me and I passed plenty of cars yeah we're, we're looking um, forward the to the, the second race was good enough you know to, to put me on pole for the third race apparently some women think it's quite a pretty nose Jack well <laughs> we, we're talking about your nose or my nose <laughs> we're, talk, we're always talking about you <laughs> oh, okay. my nose it's, it's a pretty nose that's it's right a nose. and you never put it where it's not wanted do you what about at the <laughs> ivy <laughs> you Was that joke? <laughs> well, that's uh, good. What's the next race, mate? Is it uh, Darwin? No, it's um, Tasmania, Simmons Plain. Right. It's right at the end of the month. You are not going to believe this, viewers. <laughs> when I live in Motorvale, I've got to go into a basement car park and I lose reception. So I've parked out the front here and I've parked next to this little car. It looks like a, Di- a Daihatsu Charade. And I just noticed something moving in the corner of my eye, and I looked over, and it's, a, it's honestly, it's a bloke. Well, I hope it's a bloke and a woman. <laughs> Mate, they're dead set having a real good go in the car right beside me. I can't believe this. Just a nose and an ear. <laughs> well, can you get the camera phone out, Jack? Because we could use that as a hero shot. Into an ear. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, viewers. When he uh, when, when he retires from motorsport. <laughs> Yes, he has another career after motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> he's always better when he's in another state. Yes, Tasmania, mate. Tasmania, yeah, that's in uh, the end of the month. Yes. So um, that's going to be an interesting one because Simmons plays long straights, normally favours the Holden. Um, unfortunately, this year has really, I mean, just with our calendar, all the rounds that we've got, except for Winton, consist of long straights. Um, or high speed, you know, high speed sort of, you know, um, turns and, and straights such as like Clipsal with turn eight. That section there really favoured the Holdens. Um, Simmons Plains long straights going to favour the Holden. Bathurst, Townsville, Sydney, um, and Darwin. And let's talk about going to yeah. favour the Holden. So it's going to be a, an interesting one to get down there and just see how we go uh, against those. But mm, going into there with a So, Jack, who do you see as your biggest threat in the Holdens? Is it still Chucky? I mean, he's he's up there one point ahead of you. Is he is he still driving like the man to beat? Well, he's definitely got uh, he's definitely got the speed. We had a uh, a dyno session where all the cars went on the dyno, and um, unfortunately, my my engine put out uh, horsepower, which um, out of thirty one cars that were tested, mine was the fifth lowest, mm. and He's definitely got speed to burn with that engine of his, so I think the longer tracks are going to be, you know, very, very tough to overcome, but in saying that, I believe I'm better under brakes than the Holden guys, so hopefully I can make up for uh, time lost through speed uh, under brakes. I understand for 2010 that the, uh, the V8 category is going to have a single engine supplier, or rather, should I say, for rebuilding purposes, is that correct? Yep. Craig O Engines is going, uh, Queensland does, uh, you know, supercar engines and port engines. He now, that's actually effective of, uh, it's effective now, one mate. Um, and so every engine that needs to be re- rebuilt from now on must go through him. And who picks so That's going to bring some of the, uh, I suppose, the variations in horsepower and torque from, from one engine to the next. They're all going to be the same. Even the field. Yeah, yeah, create the parity. Who has to pick up the freight costs of the engines? Oh, Right, okay. But it's Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, good. And how? Just finally, mate, because uh, uh, we've we sort of got to get on and talk to you know other people you know that are much more luminary than yourself. But um, uh, what are your thoughts on on the firstly the Townsville race? You know, were you looking forward to that? Definitely a new circuit, and also um, uh, the Sydney, Sydney final. Well, what do you think, John? Do you think I'd be looking forward to it or not? Do no, I I, th- I think you'd be staying in bed. Have to go to Townsville, John. Like, you know, maybe you want to get look. If you ask questions like that, perhaps you need to go to more. To, you know, your more luminary 
Well, he's I think you've just been paid yeah. up. That's some stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you expect from us, isn't it? <laughs> no, I expect it from you, not from JP, all right? Uh, there <laughs> you go. Thanks, Jack. All right, mate. Anything else? Yeah, but is there anything else yeah, to report? You know, like, have you sold anything lately? Oh, mate, uh, okay, okay, thank you. Just enjoy that uh, that uh, salad sandwich and remember, no, no, no yolk. <laughs> a salad sandwich with no yolk? Who has egg on a salad sandwich, John? <laughs> See you later, Keith. See you, Jack. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Oh, you've got to get rid <laughs> of him when he starts to pay out on me. <laughs> you do. Yeah, right. Get rid of him quick. Now, back to that murker. Oh, yeah, viewers. <laughs> Bloody hell's good. <laughs> What a pest. Yes, okay, that's where we were. This, uh, this, uh, this, the original owner of this 300 SEL 6.3 was the infamous film director Roman Polanski, and he was coming to Europe to escape the publicity surrounding the death of his wife, actress Sharon Tate, Tate yeah. at the hands of the Manson family. The Polish director ordered the car from the Mercedes of Beverly Hills dealership and arranged for it to be driven to Cannes in France, where he would be attending the International Film Festival. That's the tinkle of the page. Right. The driver hired to deliver the car from Stuttgart to Cannes was an unemployed race driver by the name of Klaus Puck, P-A-C-H. Mother Klaus. Klaus. Klaus had driven briefly for the Porsche factory team but was fired for being too hard on the equipment. (laughs) There were also rumours that he had been driven in the 1967 Targa Florio while intoxicated. (gasps) While on the way to Cannes, Klaus stopped at the Le Mans circuit in France to visit friends participating in the 24-hour endurance race. After drinking a large quantity of champagne, the totally inebriated puck made the wrong turn exiting the paddock. Unfortunately, this was onto the main straight of the track just as the race was starting. (laughs) And if you go to this website... That is unbelievable. Chris from v8central.com, who does our show notes. Chris, get this right. Chris, thanks for that, viewers. You'll find the show notes with the links to this. (laughs) After realising his error, Klaus made the best of things and continued to race. He kept up with the leaders with several laps as the mighty M100 engine allowed him to keep pace with the factory Porsches, Ferraris and GD40s. Black flagged by race officials, Puck ignored the order to pit and soldiered on for nearly an hour before running out of gas. <laughs> he, he coasted, That's awesome. He coasted to a stop on the Mulsanne where he was whisked off by the gendarmerie. The Big Benz was impounded and Polanski notified. The director was livid, refused to accept the car. It was returned then to the factory who shipped it to the original dealer in Beverly Hills. Well... The car was displayed in the showroom on Beverly and on Rodeo Drive for several weeks until suddenly actor Werner Klemperer stopped by looking for a new castle. Klemperer, who was Commandant Clink in the popular TV series <laughs> Hogan's Heroes, bought the car at a significant discount. He drove it daily to the studio where co-star Bob Crane bemused it and caused, bemused it was called the Colonel's Staff Car. Clamper had drove the car for several years until Crane's untimely death. But it was Hogan. He sold the car because it brought back too many memories of his dearly departed friend. Hogan? Owner number three was flamboyant com- com- comedian Rip Taylor, riding high on the success of the $1.98 beauty contest 
Taylor attended many events in the Hollywood party scene in his Sterling Mercedes. He kept many of the props used in the show in the spacious trunk of the 6.3 and offered, entertain, uh, and offered entertaining friends and onlookers with impromptu performance. The 198, when the 198 beauty contest was cancelled, Taylor was somewhat strapped for cash and sold it to pay for some outstanding debts. Now, I'm not going to go on, but it does go on after that into the owning, owned by a portly Texas millionaire with a fascination for, for silver. <laughs> and um, I think you really need to, uh, to find this out. So, Chris, uh, look that up for the story behind 004318. That looks incredible. Isn't that a beauty? It is. It's a ripper. I don't know how you found the bloody thing. Well, what else have we got? Well, we've got to... F- uh, yeah, I know. We've got to do food. You're right. But one last motor racing bit before I get on to my barbecue. <laughs> Come on. We don't, want to, we don't want to end up being a bloody long show when no, Fogs just... gets on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to do Fogs. And he reads Although, his column verbatim. Yeah, I, I, and I noticed in last week's show, Fogs actually mentioned the script. So you've given the game away now, Fogs. We know you script everything you say. Mm. So there you go. Anyway, I just wanted to say, Ron Dennis has got a Lifetime Achievement Award. So there you go. On last Thursday night, he was honoured at the Sport Industry Awards and immediately praised his family at McLaren. So there you go. Apparently, he's um, he said that he's uh, started in 1966. In the intervening 43 years, it's been his abiding passion. So there you go. I think uh, congratulations to Ron on that because William he's Ron, been there forever. William Ronald Graham Dennis. That's right. He only likes to be called Ron, because if he uses his other dishes, he gets wrong, Dennis. <laughs> wrong Dennis. Which, reminds me, which reminds me, when I was at school at uh, Sydney Grammar, yes. no less, <laughs> where they <laughs> tried to beat the snobbery out of me, <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a patron who was a, a, a famous um, war hero. Yes. Roden T. Cutler. Roden T. Cutler. <laughs> Rodent, <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> he just recently died. Oh, but uh, and my niece's friends with his granddaughter, or something like that. Well, I'll tell you what. Just even though she the last little pick. bit on that before you so rudely interrupted me. So <laughs> <laughs> Frank Williams apparently said, over the decades, Ron has demonstrated an ability to win consistently, and indeed to do it with supreme elegance. He is infuriatingly good at what he does. So there you go. Now, last but not least, from me at least, yes, is um, barbecues. Now, we've talked about <laughs> barbecues, barbecues in winter barbecues, weather before. But it, you can but, do indoor barbecues. I know. Well, this is sort of an outdoor-indoor thing. Um, I was at Bunnings about two or three weeks ago, and they've got this new pizza oven from, I think it's Garth. Yes, the makes... same manufacturer of the teppanyaki barbecue. Well, in the there backyard. you go. Well, Garth have got this pizza oven out, viewers. And, Bunch uh, of pricks to do with from a service point of view. Bloody, it's incredibly expensive. So anyway, there I was on Friday night, got an invite round a mate's place, and blow me down, we were having homemade pizzas. But he hasn't got a Garth pizza oven. What he does, viewers, and this is a good tip for you, I is he went out and he bought two pizza stones mm-hmm. from... The general trader or somewhere. Twelve ninety five. Yeah, twenty five bucks for the pair or whatever. Yep. And uh, he's t- he's got a hooded barbecue and he just basically lifts the lid. He takes the hot plate <laughs> out, the main plate, and just takes the two grill plates, separates them with the flame tamer in the middle, and puts them about a third of the way each down the barbecue. 
cranks the two end gases up high and the two middle ones medium. And if you read the instructions on your hooded barbecue, it says never use more than two on full, but it's not gonna be closed for that long. His missus makes the pizza dough. You throw all your gear on there. He has all, like we go around there and he's got all chopped up tomatoes and pepperoni and mushrooms. The whole schmear. The whole schmear. Whack them on the pizza stones. Um, about six or seven minutes. Voila, beautiful pizzas. Great. And so there you go. Homemade, if you want to do homemade pizzas and you don't want to have the oven heating the house up or whatever, or you just want to create a nice atmosphere, do them outside. And the, and the th- interesting thing about that, I thought, was those Garth pizza ovens, I believe, will only do one at a time. So at least this way you can get two pizzas out of the way at a time. Viewers, if you can't make your own pizza dough, there's two alternatives for you. Go up and buy, get a nice packet of Lebanese bread. Yes. Uh, you'll find the nice thin one there and just smear a bit of uh, um, the... Uh, the tomato tomato stuff, tomato paste. Tomato paste, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. Legos has got, you know, yeah. their their version. Or, and I found out um, in uh, January when I went down to Encounter Bay for a few days, uh, that uh, if you approach a little pizza shop nicely, yes. they will give you a bit of dough or they will sell you a chunk of dough. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, and, uh, and we had a pizza making machine yep. there, which... It just made all the difference having the right dough. Yeah, the dough does make a difference. Well, Lisa makes her own dough, but she uh, she just basically said, go to any supermarket, go to the bit where all the flours and that are, and there is specific flour for pizza dough, and usually it's got the dough recipe on the back of it. So but there you go. Uh, we found that for five bucks, we got enough pizzas for a couple of nights, and it was yeah. just, uh, I've got to go and borrow this this pizza machine I think we'll do that one night JP I think we should because nothing uh, like a bit of a homemade pizza and uh, uh, Sarah of Duncan and Sarah phone yes said don't buy one just use it until you're so sick of pizzas right and they'd know they would now we'll just finish the night off with I mean are people going mad you know with all this social networking sort of stuff you know it was Facebook and what is it now Twitter does people go what the hell is this Twitter well, oh, you're going to give a rundown. I'm going to try and help explain what Twitter is. You see, Facebook was quite useful in the first place because what it could do was find old friends that you went to school with. But then, did you really want to know what they'd had for breakfast? And, you know, and then you got like <laughs> you're being poked or you're doing the who's got the best banana hat chair contest. It's just go away. It's too much. I don't want to. I don't want to maintain it. I don't want all these emails. What Twitter simply does is is a means of you being able to say in about 160 characters what you would typically put in an SMS, this is what I'm doing at the moment. Forget about it from a, from a personal point of view, it's very good from a business point of view and we use it at Hotlap for putting out short, succinctive pieces of communication like Jack Ellsgood won the final race at Winton yes. this weekend in V8 Utes and claimed the round. Right. For Cooper's Pale Ale Racing. That's it. And many people subscribe, or as Twitter calls it, follows right. uh, our feed of yes. information, which just has a Cooper's logo and just that bit of uh, that, uh, that tiny little message, and that's it. That's as it. simple as that. So I think that Twitter has a great, a great uh, purpose in a business sense where you know you you just want to send out a tiny little bit of information but then it gets a bit confusing because then there's other things like twirl which is is a standalone adobe air application 
it's basically a web application that doesn't require a browser. So whilst Twitter is browser-based, Twirl is Adobe Air application-based. And it's just, there's the same ability for you to input information, works on Mac, PC, or Linux platforms. And then, in fact, it's platform agnostic. Agnostic? (laughs) Not independent. Now, viewers, I don't know if you get that in Scrabble. Triple (laughs) word score. (laughs) Bloody Zakanovic. (laughs) We'll talk to him next week. And then, if you've got an iPhone, you can download an app for $2.99 called Tweety, which allows you to communicate to your Twitter framework. What's going on? So there you go. You can talk to Twitter with Tweety and monitor on 12. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Too many T's. Shut up.